Thanks for listening. Our mission here at Life West Church is to see you and your family equipped and empowered to be and do all that God has for you. For additional resources and info, go to lifewest.church. It is an absolute honor to get to be here and serve you guys. It is so much fun. We're so thankful for that. And before we jump into the message, so Xavier, many of you have, that, have, that have been around for a while know the, the, the staple worship leader, Xavier, who's been with us. Well, a couple of weeks ago was his last week and he left, but we want to surprise him and Ray with a thank you card because he's just been faithful through so much and so much fun and, and invested in so many of our lives and our kids' lives. So we have a thank you card that we want to surprise him with because what, what you don't expect is after you leave for people to still be nice. So we're going to do it. Um, and we so appreciate the investment that he's had in us and our life, West and our kids and yours too. So after service, there'll be a little card in the back. Uh, and they'll mention it again at the end. Um, but go ahead and take some time to think about what, what you might want to write on there. And we're excited to just send a we miss you, thank you, hope you're having fun card to, to the Walmart. It's, it's going to be fun. Now, we're, we're in this series, and you, you probably know what series it is because we're in this series called Made Known, where we're looking through the book of Ephesians. Now, the book of Ephesians uh, is it's in the New Testament of your Bible. Now, the Bible, of course, was authored by God, but written by man. Some 40-ish authors over a 1,500-year span of time wrote down as the Spirit led them, and those books were put together, and that's, that's your Bible. The New Testament, the New Covenant, is, is the new agreement that we have because of what Jesus did. Uh, Ephesians is found in the New Testament, and it was written to a church to kind of lay out God's plan, the how-to, the what does it mean to make known, what does it mean to be a Christian? What does it mean? Because if you ask 100 people what it means to be a Christian, you'll probably get around 70 different answers. So the book of Ephesians really lays out what this is supposed to be. Now we're in chapter 4 of the book of Ephesians. If you have your Bibles, go ahead and turn there. And one of the things that is so exciting about this book to me, like chapter four, it, in particular chapter four, is how it gets into the nitty-gritty of God's plan to fulfill his purpose and to see you grow as a Christian and fulfill his God-given design for your life. It's like, okay, so this is how it's actually going to happen. Like if, if I said, hey, you need to go to Alaska, You'd be like, okay, great. Uh, there's a lot of different ways to get there. Like, do I need to prepare to walk? Do I need to, am, I, am I hiking? Am I flying? That might be preferable. Um, like, 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 what's going to happen? Is it a driving thing? Like, who's covering, like, the paint, like, like the, the, the fuel to get? The, like, what? There's, there's, there's so many what ifs in between, in between that. And really, chapter 4 really lays out God's design for you and for me. So we're going to jump in. Ephesians 4, chapter 1. We read this last week, but we're just going to start. He says, Therefore I, a prisoner, for serving the Lord, beg you to lead a life worthy of your calling. And we talked about this last week, that you have a purpose, that you are designed. Jeremiah 29, 11, I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. He's like, look, I have plans for you. How is this supposed to happen? Through the church. Through the church. He has plans for you. So we're going to keep going. Verse 2, now always be humble and gentle. Now, 
Again, this entire book was written to a church, the church in Ephesus. And he says this, always be humble and gentle, be patient with each other, making allowance for each other's faults because of your love. He's like, look, the church, just, just to remind you, the church is not a building, something that here at Life West we, we, we know pretty well. We don't have a building yet. Um, would we like one? Yes. We would love a building. Um, but a building is not a blessing unless we have the finances to take care of it and unless we would utilize it as a church for the church. So we started off and it's like, it wouldn't make sense to do that. Now, we are amazingly blessed to be able to come here and this is, this is wonderful. And then beyond that, and one of the things that we're so thankful for is also our relationship with Aliste Aguila, which is where so much of the midweek and youth services and different things and youth happens all over the place and the homes and there's small groups. If you've got high schoolers, man, there's a lot of stuff going on for them. If you've got sixth, seventh, and eighth graders, there's a great program for them to be in as well. And it happens over there and here. And yeah, we are at the point where we are like, when we're, we're planning events, where we look and we're kind of like, are we going to fit? So yes, we would love a building. We have a building fund. If you give to it, it's just sitting there ready. So when opportunity comes, we're ready. Um, we, we would love one. That is going to move. I'll tell you how fast we're going to move into that. We're going to move at the spirit and, and speed of our finances. As God gives us the ability to do something, we'll do it. Um, at this point, I have... I have not, our leadership has not really felt like, hey, let's go borrow a bunch of money. Anybody think it's a good idea to do right now? Okay, ta-da! Like, it, uh, it, it just doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Um, we have finances stored up, and we, we know that this is something that's coming. Um, but the church is not a building. You are the church. You and I are the church. The church is the body of Christ. So when this letter was written to the church, it's written to a group of believers. If we have a building, great. If we don't have a building, are we not a church? No, we're still, we're still a church. We are the gathering together of believers. That is the body of Christ, not a building. A building is where the church goes. When we leave, it's just a building because the church has left the building. So kind of keep that in your mind as we're reading this. So now he's talking about how we're supposed to work together as a body. And what does he say? He's like, be humble. Now, if you've been here for a while, you've probably heard me say this before, but I want you to think about something. God's blessing is not on what we ask him to bless. God's blessing is on his way. So he says this, he says, be humble. Why is this important? Now, I understand, and we all know this, and I think you know this too, that God is not a respecter of person, and he's not, he doesn't treat people different. He doesn't treat people different. But God's blessing is on his way. So if we're not doing it his way, we're not going to get his blessing. You are not going to get his blessing not doing it, when you, his way, when you're doing it your own way, God's like, it don't work that way. It does not work that way. You're like, well, I'm going to be, I'm just going to be mean and I'm going to be hateful and I'm not going to forgive and I expect to be healthy. And God's like, it ain't going to happen. Like, it's not going to work. 
God's blessing is on his way. So here he says this. He says, look, be humble. God, think about this. Be humble. Well, why do we need to be humble? God is not a respecter of person, but what we want to do is to put ourselves in the way that he asks us to, to be, in his blessing. Here's what it says, Jeremiah 4, 6. And he gives grace generously, as scripture says, God opposes the proud. He's not a respecter of persons, so he's not treating one person different because of who they are, but God's blessing is on his way. So he opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. And grace literally means unwarranted favor, undeserved favor. That's grace. So does God have favorites? Well, no, but we walk in his favor when we do it his way. There's a way that he wants us to do it. So as the church and us coming together, one is we need to remember God's blessing is on his way, not on what we ask. What we like to do is we like to do our own thing and then we sanctify it by saying, God, just bless this. And he's like, I, I won't bless that. You cheated. You lied. I, God's blessing will not be on that. But you're like, but it's going to save me $300 on my taxes. And I was like, that's what, that, that's what it's worth to you? That's what your integrity is worth to you? Like, like God's blessing will not be on it because his blessing is on his way. So he's laying out here. God doesn't have favorites, but yet if we want his favor, his favor, not a flavor, but his favor on our life, we do it his way. And he tells us how to do that. Number one, he's like, you're going to need to be humble. Be humble. God doesn't have favorites but his blessing is on his way. And as the body of Christ, he's like, look, this is what you're gonna need to do. He says, number one, be humble. And when we're doing that, we're doing it his way. And he gives grace, favor to the humble. I have experienced this. And one of the most like crazy stories about this very in particular was the job I got in Bible school. I got down to Bible school and I'm there and I'm looking for a job and I had, I had some money saved up and... and Really, the only bills I had was apartment and car insurance, but I'd gotten so many speeding tickets that my car insurance was more than my apartment. Oh, my goodness. Like, don't speed. Like, holy... Anyways, any cow. Any, anyways. Um, it's really all the bills I had, but still, they were starting to, like, add up. And I'm like, this isn't good. And I keep applying for jobs that I would be great for, and I kept not getting them. And I'm like, <laughs> God, this is not good. I'm like, what is going on? And, and so I kept on like moving farther and farther and farther away from my school and where my apartment to try to find a job. So finally, I apply for a job um, as a bellman at a hotel. And I get the job. And I'm like, sweet, sounds good. Brian, my roommate, was, was a bellman at a different hotel. And he was making some good money. I'm like, well, maybe I can do this. And so I start as a bellman and favor for sure. I would go up and I would get tips and I would get large tips and I was like, holy cow. And then I was foolish and I was like, so is this normal to get like a 50? And they're like, no. And I wasn't the head bellman. So what ended up happening is I'd get sent home right away. And I was like, if I could work the hours I was like scheduled to work and was getting, this, this would be great. So then I'm like, okay. So I went from this as God's favor to God, what's going on? Well, one of the days I'm working there and a guy comes down and he says, hi, Tim. He comes down the escalator. He's like, hey, what'd you do before this? I was like, oh, I worked at my church. He's like, what'd you do at your church? I said, everything. 
He goes, what do you mean? I go, I did whatever they asked. He's like, like what? I said, well, I ran sound, and I did lights, and I was a janitor, and I repaired things, and I did this, and this. And he's like, hold on a second. You did sound and lights? I go, yeah. He's like, why didn't, you, why didn't you write that on your application? Is that written on your application? I said, no, I applied for a bellman. I'm like, well, does that have anything to do with it? And he's like, well, we need that. And I'm like, okay, what do you need me to do? And he goes, well, could you come do this? So I said, sure. So we go over, and uh, they had, the, the hotel had just started a new, a new thing to in-house do all the AV. They had about $3.5 million worth of equipment. They just hired a guy to kind of be over it and run it, and, and he was the over it and run it guy, but he didn't know how to do all of it. And so they're like, hey, can you? And they basically just showed me just a bunch of equipment. They're like, can you hook this all up and make it work? I said, sure. What do you want me to do with it? And they're like, you, you really know how to do it? I said, sure. So we went in there, and I hooked all this stuff up and did this, and, this. and they come in, they're like, we don't want you to be a bellman anymore. I said, great. How much are you going to pay me? And they're like, we'll take care of that later, but will you please do this tonight? And I'm like, yeah, sure. So I jumped into this job, um, not really knowing what they'd pay me, and I'm just there, and, and uh, I was a bellman, and, and now I was an AV technician. So I jump, jump into the job, and I'm doing this, and I'm like, well, I've got school, and I got this going on, and... Um, they're like, oh, okay, absolutely. I'm like, well, I'm gonna, I, I need every morning off because I do this, and then I serve at my church, so I need Sunday morning off. And they're like, okay, sure, not a problem. I'm like, and then I've got a break here in between, so I'm going to need time off because I'm, I'm going back home to my church for this, and I'm going back home for this. And they're like, sure, no problem. And, and I just think, great, this is awesome. Well, a little bit later, I'm, I'm just doing, doing some stuff, working in one of the rooms, and one of the other... Um, Teardown setup guys comes up to me and they're like, hey, um, this is after I'd worked there a few months. He's like, do you have family in corporate? And I'm like, what do you mean? He goes, how do you get time off? I go, I asked. He's like, you're not supposed to get time off until you've been here for a year. How do you get time off? And I go, God loves me. And I'm like, I don't know. I, I, I don't know. And he's like, yeah, he does. You're not supposed to get that. And I was like, well, don't ruin it for me. Like, come on. This is going really great. It was, it was favor. A um, little while later, I go up to my boss, and I'm like, hey, I took the job without really setting a wage. Um, probably shouldn't have. Uh, I was like, this isn't enough for me to live on. I'm still eating through my savings. And he's like, oh, we'll fix it. We'll fix it. We'll fix it. I said, great. So couple weeks go by, and I'm like, hey, this still isn't enough. He's like, oh, I'm so sorry. We'll fix it. We'll fix it. We'll fix it. And I think it was almost two months go by. And he's like, finally, I went to him. I'm like, okay, my savings is almost gone. I quit. Not because I don't. I, I have to quit. And he goes, I beg you, don't quit. I need you. To, we'll fix this. And I'm like, this is it, Hans. This is it. That was his name. Like, this is it. So the next day I come in, and uh, we clocked in and out over by uh, HR there, and, and they called me into HR, and they said, hey, um, thank you so much, so much for, for not just ditching us on this. Like, we're sorry. Hans really did talk to us and all this. And what we're going to do is, because I had finally like, figured out what it took me to, to live, and I just asked for it. I'm like, this is what I need. I'm like, I need, I need $16 an hour and these hours. And uh, they came back to me. And they're like, we're so sorry, so we're going to do the 16. We're not going to do the 16 that we said we could. And I was like, you dirty dogs. Like, what are you doing? They're like, we're going to do, I think it was like 18 and a half. And I was like, 
that's better. They're like, yeah, we're so sorry. And they go, and you were so patient. Um, we're going to pay you retroactively until you start, like all the way back from when you started. I go, as a bellman? And they're like, yes. So all those hours that you were getting like super minimum wage because you were also making tips, we're going to pay you the $18.50 through all of that and all of this and everything in between. And they're like, here you go. And, and the makeup was like $3,700 just in the makeup. And they just handed me a check. And I, I was like, thank you. <laughs> kind of just walked out of there and I was like, I get to put tires on my car. You know what I mean? Like I was so excited. I was like, I've got some money. No, I still put minivan tires on my car because they were the cheapest. They worked really well, except when it was heavily loaded and I'd hit bumps. They'd, they'd hit the wheel wells just every now and then. Ask Brian about it. He'll tell you. But man, it was favor. I look at that. And I'm like, that was God's favor. I know where I was. And the people that are around me are like, you don't deserve. And I'm like, he's like, you don't deserve to be treated the way you were treated. And I'm like, I know. I don't. And I, God blessed me more than what I was even asking for, they gave me. And then the things that I didn't even ask for, the retro pay, they gave, I didn't ask for it. Like, why? Why? Why did they do that? I can tell you why. It's God's favor. It's unmerited undeserved. But when we do it God's way, that's when we walk in his blessing. It's not just because we ask for it. And I see people like, man, God doesn't answer my prayers. Like, well, you're doing it wrong. Like, you can't do it that way. You can't treat your wife that way and then expect to have a great marriage. It's not going to happen. It's just, okay, not what you wanted to hear this morning. Okay, let's go to this. Let's go on to the next thing. All right, all right. So then he goes on and he says, number one, he says, be humble. Then number two, he says, be gentle. Now, this one's a little harder for me. Um, <laughs> yeah, Becca's the one that laughs. She's like, yeah, yeah, um, she's my wife, in case you didn't know, that's laughing at the gentle part. Okay, so gentle is this. Gentle, if you're moving something and you're gentle with it, what it means is, that you don't just care that it gets where you want to move it, but you're concerned in the process. You don't want it to be disturbed. You want to get it there with as little disturbing as possible. You don't want to bump it. You don't want to hit. You don't want to drop. Even though you might be able to lift it and you're a man, you are that strong, but you might get somebody else to help you just to make sure because you want to be gentle. And I only want to use the the amount of force that's necessary, I'm not just going to pick it up and throw it because I'm being gentle, right? Certain things you need to be gentle with. Years ago, um, I was in, in college and I was trying out some different churches. I just moved down there and, and uh, was very excited for this one. My friends went there and, and they had some little kids. And I, love, I love kids. I love holding babies. They're just, they're just the best. They're just so soft and squishy. They're just, I love it. I love it. So I walked into church and we're in a lobby, and the lobby was probably about the size of this room, and there's about this many people in there, and as, I, as I'm walking in, I see my friend Jason, and he's about from, I'm probably exaggerating just a little bit, so I'm going to move over here. He's probably, in my mind, I still think I'm not exaggerating. He's from me to that camera. I know he was at least from me to Sarah. Sarah, will you just stand up real quick? Yeah, come on, put her on the spot. 
Okay, so at least from me to Sarah away, I know that I would say probably as far as the camera stand over there. And I walk in and I wave and I go, hi, Jason. And he turns and he's holding one of his kids. And he goes, hi, catch, and throws the baby. And the minute he does that, everybody saw, I don't know how, but everybody saw, and there was no oxygen left in the room because everybody just went, <gasps> as this baby comes flying through the air at me, and I'm like, it's not my fault. Like, oh, and I catch the baby, and I'm like, hey, Jason, how's it going? He's like, throw her back, throw her back. And I'm like, here I come. Like, I walked over, and I was like, wee. Like, I threw, threw the baby back. But the thing that shocked everybody was he wasn't gentle because there's certain things you're just like risk reward like like when we watch anybody like watching fail videos like watching people just like crash bang boom they fall and every video you know they're gonna hit their face you know that when that skateboarder's riding that rail you're like I know exactly what's about to happen he, he's about to sing surprise like it's gonna happen you you just know well I totally lost my train of thought. I got really stuck on that. Like, I can totally picture that, that guy just falling and dropping. So we'll go back to my notes. We'll go back to the notes. We watch those videos, and the thing I tell my kids is, because we watch them together because it's so funny, and the thing that we go over with them is risk-reward. Because we watch some of the stuff that these guys do, and you're like, is it worth it? And gentle, when it says be gentle, here's what it's talking about. It's being gentle with one another. Because we can be right in what we want to say, but we say it wrong and they don't receive it. Or instead, they're so hurt by what we said because of the way that we said it that they don't receive it. It says be gentle. And gentle just means I care not just that what I'm about to say gets said, but I care enough to think about the way that I'm going to say it. Because I care about you, and I don't just want to say that that thing you're doing is wrong. Instead, I want to say it in a way that you're going to receive it, and that when I say it, you're going to realize that I want the best for you, and that I believe with all of my heart that God's blessing is on his way, and you're stepping out of his way, which means you're stepping out of his blessing, which means you're stepping out of his favor, and I think that all of us want God's favor on our life, and we need it. He's like, look, you're going to need to be humble, and you're going to need to be gentle. And something that we see so prevalent around us is how ruthless we are with people. And instead, and it's so easy to do, to do the quick little whips that we do back on, on, on just little lines in social media, and you can do that stuff online. But what God calls us to do, he says, look, you need to be gentle. And gentle is caring not just about that something gets done, or that something gets said, it's that we take the proper care with people. That we're gentle with them. You've probably seen the videos and laughed. 
when you watch somebody delivering packages and they're just throwing them over the fence and you're like, that's broken. <laughs> you're like, that's great. You've seen the videos of the airline workers loading and unloading things. They're throwing stuff out of an airplane. And you're like, boom, turn, turn. Well, that guitar will never be the same or anything. And I think the clothes got ruined. They threw that thing so hard. You, you see, you think proper care wasn't taken. In the body of Christ, he's like, look, be humble and be gentle. The Bible says this, says, speak the truth in love. It means we take time that we look at what it is we're saying. Because although we're not moving an object, we're moving people from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. So the way we say the things, it matters. And then he said this. He said, be humble, be gentle, and then it says, be patient. Anybody love to wait? Anybody just love it? No. Not at all. Years ago, I, I saw a Simpsons episode, and Homer walks up to the bar, and, and who, was, who was the bartender? Mo. Yes, thank you. And Mo's there, and Mo gets a delivery. And, and Homer's like, what is this? And Mo's like, I got it at a surplus auction from the military. He's like, it's a deep fryer. And, and Homer's like, just gets all excited about the thing. And Mo says, it will deep fry an entire cow in 30 seconds. And Homer goes, oh, 30 seconds, but I want it now. <laughs> and I'm like, that's really most of us. That really is most of us. Like, if you're dating somebody, I think a test, if they're not here, you can use this, would be take them somewhere with bad internet. Like, just slow internet and watch how they respond. If they just lose it and start chucking the mouse across the room, walk away. Just walk away. Because we don't like being patient. We, we really do not like being patient. And we can track our packages, and it's like, it was supposed to be here this morning. If you order that thing, it's like, it'll be here by 8, 7.57. I'm like, I have not heard the driveway buzzer go yet. Where's my package? I need to look at it. I'm not going to touch it for a week, but I still need to look at it. It's, it. We get used to it, but here's what he's talking to me. He says, be patient. Patient with one another. Because you're going to need patience when you live in a community. Because the church is not a building. And he's talking about, hey, look, this is how the body of Christ, the church, is meant to live with one another. You're going to have to be patient. Patient with people that you're like, <sighs> How do they not know better? Ever, ever, ever had that happen? We look at somebody and you're just like, they should know better. Anybody? Just raise your hand high if you've ever seen that before. Okay, okay, some of you. But here's the thing. It's really easy to see other people's problems. You ever notice that? It's so easy to see, but we don't see our own. Like, I know this for me. I know it is so hard for me to see my own problems. But I can see... The problems other people, it's like, oh, that's a bad financial move. This is not, I am so, how are they not so sure about this? How would, how could they say that to their kids or about, what is it? This is so clear. And how, how in the world can they believe that? Haven't they read the Bible like once? Like how? It's just clear. It's, it's, it's not, how? Just how? And God's like, look, you're going to need to be patient. I've heard it said before that you can, 
If you want to go somewhere, go fast. But if you want to take people with you, you're going to have to go slow. And this is where we have to be patient as we're all growing because what we're meant to do is to grow in our faith together. That we grow together as we learn about what God's word has to say. We help each other and we're like, hey, this decision here, have you thought about this? Because here's what the Bible has to say. And I'm like, no, I, I didn't even know whatever. It, it, it addressed that in any way, shape, or form. It's like, well, it does. We're meant to grow together. It says you're going to need to be patient. And then it said this, and he says, and walking in love. That we walk in love. And as we go on to verse 3, it says, making every effort to keep ourselves united in the Spirit, binding ourselves together with peace. It says that we're to be united in Spirit. Everybody say Spirit. spirit. Okay, everybody say united, united. In, spirit. in Spirit. Okay, here's what it doesn't say. It doesn't say united in dress. It doesn't say united in school choice. It doesn't say all going and having the same vocation. It doesn't say united in number of kids and size of families. It doesn't say that because the body of Christ is different. So what we're united in is we're united in spirit, pursuing God's best for our life. God's plan and purpose for our life, but how it's going to live, we're going to live that out, those principles might, although we're following the same principles, might look a little bit different. Different. It's not a one size fits all. I buy a bicycle. I look at a bike and I'm like, okay, this is great. I'm going to buy it. So I kind of get it my size and there's some of that that's kind of the same. It's a, it's a, it's a bike. It's a little bit large and it fits me. But I get that bike and I look at it and I'm like, well, those, those gears are not going to work for me. I need a different gear ratio. I need it different because I like it to push a little bit harder. I don't like to spin really fast. I would prefer, so I got to go in there and change it because I'm a little bit different. And the more you ride, the more those things make a difference to you and the more you, you encounter the high and the low ends, you're like, this isn't right. You have to make it a little bit different. If you're married, there's some things that just married people kind of probably have in common. There's some commonality in the way that we pursue our spouses. Like, be sweet is probably one of them, right? Be nice. Remember birthdays, holidays. That's probably good. Like, say things like, I love you. It's probably a good idea. But but then there's some differences as well. Like Becca and I, when we want to go spend time together, one of the things we love to do is mountain bike. Like we ride, we, we go bike together, and that works really well for us. Some of you, that might work for. Most of you, probably not. Because it's different. It's, it's not the same. And he's like, look, we are united in spirit, but we're not meant to be clones of one another. It's a diverse body that comes together that God's like, look, your differences are what make you stronger. It's not what makes us weaker. We're not meant to simply be clones. It's going to be different. We're united 
in spirit as we follow God with all of our heart, soul, and mind. We pursue him with all that we have. God's plan, he has a plan and a purpose for your life, Jeremiah 29, 11. And he's like, look, he created you. He has a purpose for you. And he's like, look, how am I going to help you to do this? He says, number one, you're going to be part of a body called the church. You're going to be part of the church. The Bible says, do not neglect the gathering together of the believers. And even more as you see the day of the Lord approaching, literally saying, as the closer we get to the return of Christ, the more important, he says, the more that we need to gather together as the body of believers. Because God's plan is that you would be built into the person that he wants you to be through the church. Through this, through the messages, yes. But also through the church. And the church is not a building. We already talked about it. The church is a gathering together of people that are different. It's how we grow. We don't, you don't learn anything new from somebody that's the exact same as you. You learn something from somebody who's different. Maybe they approach a problem a little bit different. Maybe they've solved it a little bit different. Maybe they do it completely wrong and it helps to solidify the way that you've been doing it. You're like, nope, I don't want to do it that way. That looks painful. Not doing it. But we're meant to learn and grow from one another. It's one of the reasons that we do small groups. It's the reasons that we're like, hey, hang out afterwards. Get to know some people. Because we are the body of Christ. And if you're like, man, I'm a little bit different, that's okay. Because we're united in spirit, his spirit. And that God's plan for you is that through the church, you would grow in your knowledge of him, that you would grow as you look and you see other people and you watch what they do and you're like, man, I love the way that they, man, maybe you're on their way home and like, I love the way that I, those kids, their, their kids showed up. I'd love if our kids would do that, the way that they sat with them, the way that they said, the way that they came up and they talked. And I heard dad say no. And, and they were like, they didn't argue. They didn't say, I'm going to go talk to mom. They just said, yes, let's, man, I liked that. So you say, you know what? I'll, maybe I get to know him. You know, next Sunday, I might just sit and wait for him. Just stalk him a little bit. <laughs> just like stand in the hallway and just be like, hey, maybe I'd like to introduce myself. I love the way you talk to your wife. Every time, every time, every conversation I hear you have, you're always building her up. Can I just, can I, can I talk to you for a few minutes and you talk to them and maybe you decide, hey, we need to get together. Or maybe you head to the men's ministry and you get around some guys that are hungry for the things of God and are leading their families and stepping in their roles as heads of their home. And you're like, I need to get around that because I, I haven't been around that before. People are willing to lay down their life for their wife and their family and build the kingdom. You're like, I, I need to get around some of that. Maybe you get around some ladies. Maybe you get involved in the youth group and get around some kids that are like, what we're going to do is we're not waiting to grow up, but we're going to let God use us today where we are. We're not waiting for anything. We don't graduate and suddenly, okay, now's the day you can begin to be used, but God will use you right now. There is no junior Holy Spirit. The church is a body, a diverse body that we have to be humble, we have to be patient, we have to be loving with one another. But we're united in spirit because we're all different. And we've made some different choices in the way that we've done things. And some of those choices we recognize were wrong. 
now. But you can't go back and change it. But what you can do today is say, God, I give you my today. I give you, I can't change tomorrow, but God, use me. And he will, because he has a plan and purpose for your life. So with that, what I want to ask is if you're here today and you say, I want to walk out the plan and purpose he has for me, then it begins with a relationship with him. Or maybe you're here and you say, you know what? I was living for God for a time, but I've, I, I need to restart. Because you've stepped out of God's way. You stepped out from underneath his covering, his blessing, and you've been doing your own thing. And like, today's the day I come back. Or maybe for you, today's the day you go all in. Because you know what it is to be a Christian, and you've just been like a Christ follower, and you've tiptoed to the edge, but you haven't gone all in. You haven't really made him the Lord of your life. He's more like a backpack with a parachute in it that you're like, if I'm going to die, I'll pull the string because I want to go to heaven. Like, come on, who doesn't? But you haven't made him the Lord of your life today. You're still doing it your own way. If you're any of those, I'd love the honor of praying with you today, helping you to recommit where you're going and begin to walk out the plan and purpose that God has for you. If that's you at the count of three, I want you to lift your hand, and then we're going to pray right where you are. And we say amen. You can know that not only are your sins forgiven, not only are you on your way to heaven, begin to walk out that plan and purpose that he has for you. If that's you, get ready. One, two, three. Shoot it up right now, all the way up, and say, that's me, and today is my day. Today is my day. Awesome. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to pray. We're going to pray. And I want everybody to repeat this prayer out loud. Just repeat after me if you would. And we're going to pray with those that lift their hands online. This is you. You just pray this out loud as well. Everybody repeat after me. Say, Jesus, thank you for setting me free. Forgive me and make me new. From this day forward, I'm yours. With all that I am, I choose to serve you. Come rule and reign in my life. I believe that Jesus, you came, you died, you shed your blood for me. And from now on, I'm going to live for you. With all that I am, I'm yours. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening. Our mission here at Life West Church is to see you and your family equipped and empowered to be and do all that God has for you. For additional resources and info, go to lifewest.church.